Bolton McGee for TKD. All right, folks, this is Moen McGee for TKD. Kevin, I'm excited. Week five, it's on the horizon. We got some football Thursday night. Woo! Yeah, uh, absolutely. Ram Seahawks should be a barn burner, I hope. Um, oh, wait, I have the Rams defense, so hopefully not. But um, yeah, uh, good, should be some good football. Yeah, I, I, we talked. The slate has not been great. I think this is a great slate weekend where we're going to see a lot of scoring, a lot of interesting fantasy things pop up. Uh, this is week five, Kevin. Um, think like you mentioned last episode, we're almost halfway. We're getting pr- pretty close to halfway through the fantasy season here. So if you're down, you need week five bad. This is going to be a good episode for you. Yeah, absolutely. And let, let's just hop right into what if my, my team's beat up, um, like my team, and you need somebody to fill in that flex. Who's somebody that you can drop in this week um, and be a flexible flex play for you? I really like Kenny Gainwell. He's available in about 68% of leagues. Now, he's facing the vaunted Carolina Panthers defense. Very strong defense. It does not really scare me that much. I think he's uh, taking over the passing game. He had six catches against Kansas City uh, last week. Uh, he's gotten into the end zone uh, last week as well. He's a person who's now entering a 50-50-ish split. Um, and more importantly, Kevin, he's being used in the red zone in this Philly offense. He's a person that I think in a game that has the potential to be high scoring. Uh, let me just uh, wanted to check one thing, what the over under on that or what the uh, total points was on that game. Yeah. And well, 45, uh, I mean, 45 is, is a good number where there's going to be some points scored. I think Kenny Gainwell might slip in there for you. Yeah. Uh, ben Gretsch uh, does a really good article every week called stealing signals where he kind of, sorts through everything that happened in the last week and kind of separates the things that are true signals, like things that you can take a value from the last week um, and what's noise and what what's kind of fluky. And wh- one thing that he identifies are high value touches. So th- those are situations where, you know, uh, a team needs a third down, a team can get a touchdown, that sort of thing. Something that's high value, it's very appropriately named. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, seven high-value touches. Miles Sanders, four high-value touches. Kenneth Gainwell has more high-value touches on the year than Miles Sanders. I think that really is what makes him a strong flex play um, this week. I, I do think it's a tough matchup. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, Jack Thompson and Jermaine Carter are two, you know, kind of... N- Average to a slightly above average linebackers in in that Carolina Panthers defense. They very well could be tied up in the tight ends, leaving wide open rain for Kenneth Gainwell out of the backfield. So in a game where they are likely to be trailing against a tough home team in those Carolina Panthers, I think he has pretty good upside. 
Yeah, like I said, available in 68% of leagues. Go check if he's out there. Could be a nice usable flex for you. Who's a guy who you're thinking about uh, as a interesting flex play for this weekend? Yeah, so I, I said Marquez Callaway. You could forget about him, but I'm bringing him back for one. Oh, week. back I'm from bringing the dead. him back. So this has 100% to do with um, opportunity and the defense he's facing, and zero to do with his talent as a player. Um, but I still think he's one of the better receiving options in that offense. That uh, that defense, uh, the Washington Football Team defense, their strength is in the front seven. The back half is absolute garbage. Um, they've allowed five top four, 24 appearances um, to wide receivers. So uh, five wide receiver twos coming out of the week so far this season. There's only been four weeks, so that means there's multiples in there. Um, and l- l- like I said, that front seven is going to force passing to the secondary, likely to be on the outside or downfield, not stuck up in the middle for Kamara. Um, I think... This is your chance to play Marquez Callaway and then drop him like hot garbage. Yeah, Kevin, for me, Marquez Callaway seems a little bit more like a DFS type play where you're hoping for a long touchdown. But that works as a flex play as well um, when you're talking about a person who you don't necessarily need. Uh, Let's just say if you're looking for 10 points out of your flex, I would not start Marquez Callaway. If you need someone who could potentially get you 20 or 16, I think Quez Callaway can be your guy. Absolutely. All right. I want to talk a little bit about a guy who now he's on the Jets. So hold back your puke, people. But rookie running back Michael Carter. um, This is the second week in a row that he's kind of paced the team in snaps and carries. He's not catching many balls, Kevin, but he's looked good out there uh, when he's been given a chance. Michael Carter is now facing the hot garbage Atlanta Falcons defense. And as a running back in that op- against that defense, I think he can give you 15-ish points uh, with touchdown upside. The, the lack of uh, of receptions, I think is a little tricky if you want to start talking about him as a running back two or three. But if we're talking pure flex, someone that you're just hoping for 15-ish points or a touchdown, I think Michael Carter is going to give you a lot of volume. And he's also a guy that's available in 39% of leagues. So he might be out there for you. Yeah, he's one of the best in the league, actually. 2.79 yards after contact. He's the highest-graded position player on the Jets, according to Pro Football Focus, and he's facing the bad um, Falcons defense that you mentioned. Bottom third in both running back um, points, and then also if you just sort down to running back receiving, um, they're also in the bottom third there. I know he hasn't soaked up a lot of those yet, but I still think that's in his game and something that you could see go his way. Um, Maybe early down passing work and not, not as much on third down, but... I think he will have opportunity, especially this week in in that London game, um, to be a viable flex play. Yeah, I was going to mention that too, Kevin. You know, he might not get you all the points that you need, but you want to watch that early game, right, Kevin? You want to wake up, have have some skin in the game, and yeah, Michael Carter up, can get you some skin. Wake up, crack your bush light at 8.30 in the morning, and watch Michael Carter go score you a touchdown. Man, that Absolutely. sounds like a nice Sunday. Yeah. 
Well, Kevin, let's talk about another guy that uh, you could maybe drop in your flex. Yeah, so uh, another guy that I'm not super high on rest of season, but given the defense he's facing and strictly opportunity, Devontae Parker, um, his name came up last year, and I think that this could be a big week for him. Will Fuller's out, hurt finger on IR. Tampa Bay has allowed six top 24 appearances to wide receivers. That, so that's one every week plus two. Um, so multiples out there. Brady has had a tough few games. I could see them running up the, the score on a shitty Dolphins team. Um, Jalen Waddle and Gesicki won't be able to get every target. They're probably going to be looking to push. Give me a little Devontae Parker if, if you need a flex play. Yeah, Kevin, you mentioned you're not that excited about him rest of the season. I think he's a guy that you should have on your roster. He's had over seven targets in each game this year. Um, kind of a little bit unlucky in the touchdown department. Only has one through four games. But he's had at least four receptions, at least 42 yards in each game. A guy that would get you pretty consistent 10 points with touchdown upside as well. So I like that pick. Well, uh, and on that note, let, let's kind of keep moving it along here past our flexible flex plays and move right into question time. L- let's move into our first question here. Mo, what do you have for me? Well, Kevin, I think something that might have uh, some intriguing value for players looking uh, at trades maybe before Sunday hits or maybe just overall rest of season, I want to – no, Kevin, who do you think finishes? We all know how where the top guys, who are the top guys going to be, but who finishes as wide receivers 5 through 10? Okay, so I, I can't give you my full rankings here, but I can give you the crib notes. Um, so out of order, I'm just going to pick them off here, and you let me know if anybody surprises you. Okay. So we have Keenan Allen, C.D. Lamb, DeAndre Hopkins, D.K. Metcalf, Stefan Diggs, and, you know, I, I've already talked about this um, in the last episode, but DJ Moore as wide receiver 10. So you can lock him in at wide receiver 10. Yeah, Kevin, that's super interesting, actually, because it takes a, it takes a guy in Stefan Diggs who was pretty firmly in that top five last year. I think he finished as the number one uh, fantasy receiver, if I'm not mistaken, and kind of pulls him down into the bottom five. I I would guess if if I was a betting man, he's more around five than nine. But uh, that is interesting to me. Keenan Allen also has had kind of a slow start to the season. You've seen Mike Williams take off. Uh, that's interesting, Kevin. I think uh, I think we might differ there, but so, we'll save yeah. we'll save my answers for another day. <laughs> we will uh, just to elaborate on that a little bit. So you, you mentioned the slow start for Keenan Allen. But that's kind of the similar story with Stefan Diggs. Wide receiver, 19. Touchdowns can pull you out of that hole really quick. Um, so I, I do think he finishes in the top 10. Um, but maybe not in the top five. I, I think I've reserved the, the, or I guess, top four. Um, I reserved those top four wide receivers, one through four, for guys that I, I think had decent starts um, and likely will continue. Um, plus, with Diggs, how many touchdowns did he score last year? Not as many as you would have liked. I know um, 
Uh, it could be a little bit fancy championship last year. That bitch. Sorry, man. So you you just got to play better. Got to play better. Can't all be me. Um, but uh, <sighs> yeah. So Diggs, um, I, I do think still going to be an exceptional wide receiver, but he's dug himself in a hole without some of that touchdown upside that some of those other guys have um, to pull him out. All right, Kevin. Well, I uh, think I'm under fire now. What do you got for me? So I, I want to know, is Tyler Conklin a top 15 tight end? So I, I put it at 15 because I think at wide, or tight end 12 through 15, 10 through 15, it's kind of all mix and match. You could go with whatever guy you feel on a given week. But at a top 15 tight end, he's very playable. So is Tyler Conklin a top 15 tight end rest of the season? Oh, Kevin, I think he is. Uh, he has over four targets in every game this season. Um, unfortunately, he's been under 20 yards in two of those games. That's what worries me. I think there's now with the rise of K.J. Osborne as a solid third receiver, a nice receiving back in Dalvin Cook. Where's the upside for Tyler Conklin? It's not touchdowns because that's Thielen's game. Uh, It's also Dalvin Cook's game. Uh, Is it middle of the field receptions? That's kind of Jefferson's spot, right? Where does Tyler Conklin fit into that? Well, if everyone else is covered, Kirk's going to dump him the ball. Or apparently if he needs to get closer for a fucking Hail Mary... (laughs) Maybe he finds Tyler Conklin. He'll he'll Um, take it. But what you said at the beginning is very important. From 10 to 15, and then you go from 15 to 20, that's purely talking about, can you get me three catches a game? Purely. Can one of those out of every six or so, or every nine or so, be a touchdown? If so... You can be a top 15 tight end. Uh, So I do think he is the number one tight end in a good offense. I think he can have enough volume to stay there. Fair enough. Take it to the bank, folks. Yeah, absolutely. Cash it, put it in your wallet, kiss it, smack your ass with it, whatever you (laughs) want to do. Um, We talked a lot about these guys last episode. Um, Guys that... uh, are very interesting injury options. Now, I'm not asking who's the most valuable as a standalone option, Kevin. Let's say Zeke, Dalvin Cook, and Aaron Jones all go down with season-ending injuries. If you had your pick of the litter, would you take Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, or A.J. Dillon? So uh, I am going to go Pollard here. And I am going to go back to standalone value because I think the standalone value speaks to what he is as a player. I think he's the most talented out of those three running backs. And I think they're all going to fall into really similar situations where they're going to get 15 carries. And I trust Pollard to get those 15 carries for the most. Also, not going to lose any of the passing game work, as as you might see with A.J. Dillon. Um Madison might be safer just because of team philosophy. Um, I think if Dalvin goes down, they're still going to want to pound the rock. 
Cowboys, you never know if they want to throw 60 times or if uh, if they want to run 30. Um, so I think Pollard is going to have your best upside, and that's why I pick him. Um, but I, I can see the argument for Madison as being the safer. I can play him no matter what if Dalvin's down. Yeah, uh, like you said, I, I wanted to keep standalone value out of it, but I think you're right. You can't really um, because Pollard has looked pretty special in his uh, limited touches this year, uh, which has been more. And he looked special last year in even more limited touches. So I'm with you there. I think you probably have to uh, take Pollard out of those. Um, and as you've already seen this year, Madison can be pretty special if given the opportunity. Um, what do you got for me, Kevin? Okay, so everybody's wondering. We, we talked about him on, on the first episode of the week, but what do you do with Robert Woods? Do you keep him but put him on the bench? Do you play him knowing that cream rises? Do you sell him hoping that somebody's high on him? What do you do if you have Robert Woods? Yeah, I think it's been super disheartening as Cooper Cup has been out-targeting him 46 to 25. Woof. But listen to this, Kevin. Here's I'm gonna I'm gonna shine some sunshine on Robert Woods, on Bobby Trees. Let the branches grow a little bit. Snap share, 90% of snaps. His team target share percentage is 19%. He's handling about 20% of the team targets. He has 85% of routes run. I think purely based on the analytics, they show Woods will rebound. Uh, Last year, through week four, he had 60 points. Uh, Yeah, that's 14 more than he has this year, but... I don't know, Kevin, you throw a touchdown on his 46 points this year and he's up to 52, kind of right where he was at this time last year. I'm not worried. I think Robert Woods is a guy who maybe just takes a while to heat up. Yeah, yeah. Known slow starter. You talked about last year. You can even go the year before that. Same exact story where, you know, he wasn't getting a catch in a game, but he might run in a touchdown or something like that. really ugly start of the season but this is a guy that always always ends top 20 wide receiver um i think cream rises i think at some point something's going to happen with that offense where who can we rely on when it's the fan robert woods and it's a matter of waiting it out you might have to bench him for a little bit but he is definitely somebody that i'm holding on to you're not going to probably be able to sell him for uh, what he's actually worth at this point. Yeah, uh, I want to ask you a quick question, Kevin. Robert Woods, is this a is this a prime buy low guy? It could be, um, especially if you have somebody that isn't that familiar with him. Um, you know, kind of looked at the at the ESPN rankings and saw he was at the top of the list and picked him, and is getting frustrated as at, at his early season start. Maybe somebody that's not as experienced. It, I, that's somebody that I'm targeting to go after and take Robert Woods from. Um, he's a very reliable receiver on season average, just has a history for some reason, not getting off to a fast start. 
Yeah, and you can see that this Rams offense is a lot more explosive than the last few years with Matthew Stafford at the helm. I'm buying Bobby Trees. Another thing I'm buying is my great predictions. So let's head over to write that down, Kevin. How are we doing? I know I uh, Tyreek Hill, baby, Tyreek Hill. Did he have more than 20 points? Is 47 <laughs> greater than 20? I think, uh, let me check. Uh, yep, just said the oh. calculations. Okay, I'll give you that one. Um, and I, I think the Seahawks were able to beat the 49ers there. So two for two last week. Good job. And, you know, for me, this is getting pretty comical. I made three predictions last week. Um, I was 0 for 5, go, 0 for 6, uh, assuming Zach Moss is going to get his touchdowns. Um, 0 for 6 coming into this. Um, but I did get one right. Swift beat Brad in the TKD League. Um, write that down. You can put it on the board. Yes. <laughs> um, so I got that one. Cincinnati does not beat Jacksonville by seven and a half. Um, and Carolina, Dallas did end up turning into a barn burner. Um, they missed JC Horn more than I thought they would. Um, clip that Terrible, 15 Kevin. and a half. And but we're looking forward to Stefan Gilmore, you know? You suck at this, Kevin. You suck. Uh, I need to go safer picks. I tried to go safer picks last week, but you are going to see some of the safest picks you've ever. All seen. right, Kevin. Let's let's. I want to hear your uh, your bunt singles down the left left line here. Okay. So I I I was looking through the matchups this week, trying to find who I could uh, scalp on a trade. Um, and I I noticed uh, in somebody's lineup, I saw Najee Harris on the bench. And Tony Pollard and Latavius Murray in the starting lineup. Um, I don't know if that person is being cute or just trade baiting by putting one of their trade targets in their starting lineup, but um, I will guarantee that Najee Harris will outscore either Tony Pollard or Latavius Murray this week. Uh, that's my bunt single. You can put that on the board right now. Yeah, it's probably a good bet. Uh, Latavius Murray did handle 18 carries last week, so I don't know. Maybe you see that again where he's a 20-carry guy. and Nashi has gotten 19 targets in a game. <laughs> uh, Latavius Murray could get in the end zone a couple times. Pollard has looked really sharp in his, uh, his limited touches. He got tackled, I think, at the one-yard line last week. I think maybe Dallas rewards him with a few touchdowns. We'll see. Um well, Kevin, that was about the safest thing you could do. I'm going to try to hit a home run here. I think Mike Evans, who I think before the season, a lot of people would have taken Chris Godwin. Uh, people were scared of Antonio Brown. Mike Evans has led this team in targets every game of the season except for week one. Um, I believe he's led them in receptions in each game except for Week one, I like myself some Mike Evans to finish as a top 12 fantasy receiver. Are you concerned at all with the number of mouths to feed in that offense um, and the recent Brady cool-off? So Brady, of course, having nine touchdowns in the first two weeks, falling back to one, I believe, in the last two? No, I'm not concerned at all. Um, this... this 
this team will get back on track. They want to throw the ball. Leonard Fournette is not special. Ronald Jones is not special. These receivers are special. Tom Brady is special. He hasn't had the uh, touchdowns yet. Those will come. He's a guy who is looked at a lot in the red zone, especially with Gronk not being in. I think this week he blows up and uh, helps himself on the way to a top 12 receiver finish. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to say that that's more bold than I think uh, I think we're immediately giving credit for. Um, top 12 wide receiver is special, special territory. Um, meanwhile, I'm going to move on to a very much less bold pick. Something super safe, something that I can always fall back on, and that's hating on the Vikings. Um, I'll take Detroit and the points, eight and a half over Minnesota this week. Vikings, a lot of close games this year. Eight and a half points, that's a lot, especially a division rival. Um, I think they're likely to get the lead and coast, and it, I, I think it's going to fall within eight and a half points. Um, my only concern is Detroit is down three linemen. Um, so I, I kind of expect them to take as much clock off as possible when they get the ball. Lots of little dump-offs, hopefully some long 10-minute drives. Um eating as much clock as possible. I think eight and a half is pretty safe. It's a lot of points, Kevin, a lot of points in an NFL game. Um, I think this is a Kirk Cousins fuck you game personally, where he's <laughs> going to go out and show, oh, my name's Kirk Cousins. You guys think I'm bad? Watch this. He's going to go off and he's going to beat these measly lions. He's going to destroy them. He's like, well, look, I'm, I deserve $35 million. I'm good. No, you're not. You just beat up on the you just beat up on the (laughs) fucking lions. You're not good. If you're good, you should have scored more than one fucking touchdown against the Cleveland Browns. (laughs) This is a Kirk Cousins game where he's going to throw three fifty four touchdowns. All he's going to quell all the idiot Minnesota Vikings fans that overreact to each and every game. Eight and a half points is a lot, but. Uh, you, you know where I'm siding with, Kevin. Well, geez, it sounds like you want to counter a write, write it down. It sounds like you want Minnesota <laughs> minus the points. I uh, didn't say I was that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How, how the it's the Vikings. If, if, you're in, if you are that confident on anything with the Minnesota Vikings, you're a goddamn idiot. <laughs> um, now, this may sound funny because I was just saying that uh, – you're a goddamn idiot if you trust the Vikings. My next write-that-down prediction, Kevin. Listen to this. The New York Jets will cover the spread, which is three, against the Atlanta Falcons. Give you another reason to wake up early in the morning on Sunday. Watch that London game, Kevin, because the Jets are firing on all cylinders with a big win against the Titans. I think they come, get their second win of the season. Zach Wilson starts going. Michael Carter is going to be churning yards. Corey Davis is going to be running up and down the field. Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, are the Jets favored by three or? Um, they oh, are. No, they are plus three. Plus three. Okay. They did get the big win last week. I could see it happening. Um, but like you said, if, if you're that confident in a team that bad, you might be an idiot. Um, was a better Titans team last week. Um, they're facing... 
Atlanta in a fake home game. Um, I feel like I have no data to back this up, but I feel like teams in fake home games typically don't do as well. Um, based off of strictly anecdotal evidence of me watching like six games in part of my lifetime. <laughs> um, but I, I, I like it. I, I like that pick. Yeah, I mean, there's probably some research out there. They're playing at the, the Tottenham Hotspur uh, Stadium. Come on, you Spurs. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see. I, I like the Jets this weekend, though, Kevin. All right. Well, you know, take that to the bank. Those are your winning bets this week, folks. Um, but that, that'll do it for the weekend primer. Any, any final words? No, good luck to everybody this weekend, except if you play me in any of the leagues that, uh, that you guys are in. Uh, I hope you lose. Otherwise, good luck. Make trades. Make counters. Be aggressive. And go Spurs. (laughs) Thank you, boys. See ya.